What's up and welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. I am on the Black Sea. I'm literally looking at the Black Sea in Batumi, Georgia, next to this statue called First Love by the sculptor Irakli Sulads. And today I'm going to talk to you about the Ad Black Sea Festival, an advertising festival that I have a feeling you'll all find out about in the next few years if you don't already know about it. And I'm going to walk around and potentially grab some people that I've met here and see what their experiences have been like, see what we can learn from them. First up is Marie Reg Florenza, who, among many things, teaches at the Berlin School of Creativity and is about to release a book or is making a book about leadership called A Leader of the Heart. Are you one of them? Great. And so what you talked about and presented about it was, was some of the research that you've done interviewing crea creative leaders around the world, as well as some of the other academic literature that I think you've come across to form a way to help people who work in the creative industries understand themselves better. Why? Well, first of all, it all started because I needed to understand myself better. And I think as a human being, uh, our nature is creativity, you know? It's deep in our nature. We are creative beings. Uh, understanding my creative nature and how to manage it, that was my driver and motivator. Okay. And what, what would you say in one or two sentences is your main idea? What's your contribution intellectually to this group of people that you're serving while also helping yourself? Yeah, so when we lead from the heart, literally our biological heart, we are able to maintain high levels of energy that help us to focus our creative power to more effectively translate ideas into tangible realities. Okay, now I'd imagine a lot of people can be skeptical about the word heart like that because, yeah. you know, what does the heart actually do? Is it connected to the brain? How is it connected to the brain? How would you deal with someone who is skeptical of, about this idea of leading from the heart? Yeah, we need to understand leading from the heart beyond uh, poetics, no? or and, and understand that this is literally related to your biological heart, the one that it's connected to your brain in constant communication, and when it beats the heartbeat it's coherent, it allows your brain to function at its best, and your body in yeah. as a whole. No? So I would say think about it beyond assumptions and stereotypes. Take a little bit more of curiosity and you will discover a completely new perspective of understanding who you are as a human being and what can you do with your creativity. In your research, what did you come across or what have you come across so far that has surprised you the most? Oh, this is difficult. But at the beginning, I thought that leading from the heart, it was more like a style or a strategy, a technique or a tactic. And I, in getting to understand it myself, I came to understand that it's actually human nature. So leadership is made of energy, creative energy. And the more that you are able to manage it, the more effective you can be as a leader. Okay, now also because you were doing this project partly to, I guess, address a problem that you've, you found or a need that you felt, from your research, what did you come across that gave you almost a sense of relief? Well, I think the, the recognizing no, that the intuitions and feelings and experiences and things that they were that I thought they were mine, very personal and very individual, they are actually universal.
Yeah. Can you give me an example? Yeah, intuition, connection, how to get to that. Yeah. When I cre when I create at my best, how my heart is open, how the things I love, and when I relate to people, high quality interpersonal relationships, how they help to collaborate and create beyond your individual sense. Uh, the energy in the room as a creative, no, in a meeting or doing yeah. a creative yeah. work, all those things that you think like uh, kind of magic or you cannot see them, the energy, I yeah. would say the energy. Well, so can you explain at least the word intuition and it's, it's because there's actually a very famous marketing academic from Australia, I, I won't name the person, who tweeted that intuition is a medieval idea. So what is intuition and how do you have it and deal with it, focus it, but define it first. Yeah, I think intuition is a form of knowledge that goes beyond rational understanding and beyond the five senses. And we need to understand that the human body is made out of energy. That's Einstein who already told us. No? So uh, connecting to at energetic level with other things allows us to connect with other forms of knowledge. No? Intuitive knowledge is very much connected at your level of openness. Like if you are an energetic being because your heart is electrically made and you are creating an electromagnetic field. So you're like an antenna, like your telephone. No? So it means depending on how you are vibrating, your level of coherence, you are able to sync with different frequencies, some coming from the inside, outside, other people, the environment, and you are able to listen to certain information. So it's a form of intelligence that goes beyond the usual ways of intelligence. There's emotional intelligence, there's intellectual intelligence, there's physical intelligence, there's a coordination intelligence, and there's also intuitional intelligence. Okay. And then, second last question. Having interviewed all these very senior creative people, I was going to say, why don't you name some of them, but then you'd have to name all of them. That would be a hard thing to do. But having interviewed all these senior creative people, what's the mood like out there right now? Are we in a good place? Are these leaders in a good place? I think it comes, uh, there's two levels, no? Industry level and then individual level. Now, industry level, there might be, there's lots of frustration because creatives by nature are people who would like to make an impact in the world. And as, an, as a human being, you would like to make a, a, a positive impact in the world. Yet many businesses are struggling into giving the space for those creatives to, to be generating that impact aligned with purpose, aligned with values, aligned with vision, aligned with mission, you know. and, and they are missing this playground, let's put it like that. They are missing this playground. And the best way to create is to be playful with creativity. No? And then at the individual level, no? uh, many 98% uh, of the leaders I interview, when I ask at the beginning, are you a leader of the heart? They were not aware that they are actually they actually were a leader of the heart. By the end of the process, the surveys and the interviews, some of them were even like, shit. Well. Yes, now I see I'm one of them. I'm a leader of the heart. Wow, what does that mean? And other people would say like, oh, such a relief. Oh my God, now I can relate. I feel accepted. I can accept, I can, yeah, it's like a form of affirmation, self-affirmation, no? There's encouragement, no? I can be, I can be now more of it because now I understand that this is not something strange, but yeah. something of value. Yes.
That's so interesting. Okay. And, and you have been working, I think, almost for a couple of decades with executives, so it's not like this project's come out of nowhere. You've been working on this project recently, but you've been working with in the, within the field, coaching for quite a long time. So just final question, where can people find out more about you and where are you at with the book? Yeah, so the book, I would say it's written in the shape or the form of a thesis, yeah. and this one is available. You can download it for free, or you can connect with me via LinkedIn, Instagram, any social network, or in my website, marireg.com, you will find my email and a form to get in touch. So if you're interested to go into the academic journey, which is actually written in a, in a very accessible uh, language, you can already read it. And the, and the more synthesized version of the book it's drawn and written i think it needs to be formatted yeah it's beautiful i mean i, I love to talk and uh, you also draw your slides like i do so it's so cool i'm gonna see you again soon but thank you for joining me on this little part of my walk today no thank you to you mark Awesome. I'm going to yeah. continue. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to keep recording. Yeah. This go, is awkward. Go. I haven't done it before. We're just awkwardly saying goodbye to each other. Enjoy. We're backing enjoy away, yourself. backing enjoy. away. I'll see you soon. Yeah, I'll see you soon. So Marie's super interesting. Uh, she hand draws her slides using a Molotov pen system. <laughs> it's funny because I used to know the guy who imported Molotov, I think, pan, pens and spray cans into Australia. It was one of the, the main importer of, uh, of that kind of spray paint for graffiti artists, actually. Really, really beautiful slides and very colorful and very intentional with how she dresses. So right now is wearing like, like, would you call it a fluoro orange jacket, a hat, and very, very intentional. And I think a really good model for those of you who are thinking about talking in public or even writing about, like looking, looking ahead at a more fully actualized version of you, you know, because what you see when you come to conferences like this, or when I think back about what I do, and I'm not saying I'm any good at being on stage, is the first phase of a lot of people's public speaking career is really about getting information together. Lots of slides, maybe three or four bullet points each, sharing information, sharing information. And then after a few years of working that material, developing the material, developing a bigger kind of scaffolding or universe around that material because you're thinking more and more about a particular topic, you're getting questions that help you expand how you think about things, think about things in new ways. On the very other side of that initial life stage is someone who sees what they do as a way of, I guess, providing service of helping people but also as a show and they realize that they're a bit of a character and they work out how to be more of themselves. So it's really, really interesting. Uh, today's the last night, it's Saturday, it's the last night. It's, it's been a really fun time. I didn't really have a visual for this area. It's, it's funny, I've been saying to people that we had the opportunity of coming here for a youth chess tournament about six years ago, but we were a bit scared. You know, we're in Batumi, it's west of Tbilisi. Tbilisi. I, hope, I hope I pronounced things correctly. Uh, and so I'm just about to walk through people, I'm getting self-conscious, so my nose <laughs> appeared. Oh, by the way, I was on the veranda really briefly on the 20th floor of the Sheraton here. And Soroche, if you've been following along with my journey, which is nobody's doing that, by the way. But if you've been following along, I got vertigo in Ecuador because they took me up 4,000 meters in a couple of hours, got me out of the car, we did a quick interview, and I thought I was going to vomit and fall over and run out of breath all at the same time. 
And yesterday I went up to the 20th floor and I stepped on the balcony, my body immediately started shaking and I got dizzy. It was super, super, super weird. But very hospitable. And one of the sayings that I think is really interesting about Georgia is that visitors or guests are gifts from God. And they also talk about how they force hospitality on you. And there's this really cool, I don't know what you would call it. It's not really a ritual. It's just part of the culture here called Supra, S-U-P-R-A. And it's basically where you have meals together and lots of plates come out. It's like tapas, lots of plates come out. And there's a toast maker. And so I don't know how many toasts there are. It could be three, four or five, but there are several toasts that can follow a particular pattern through the night. And also somebody who, I, I don't know if they're called merry keepers, keepers of the merry, or if the local word is just, it just happens to sound a little bit like that. But typically on a table, I believe one person's responsible for pouring the alcohol. There is a drink here called cha-cha. I don't know if it's, it seems a little bit like gin. It's quite dangerous. Vodka, everyone's drinking it. Uh, I gotta say that there's uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of drunk, drunk people. We went to the fish markets for lunch at about, I don't know, when was it, 2.30 p.m. And there was a table of, of young, cool local people next to us who were kind of falling over and slurring and who looked like they'd been drinking. Now, uh, it's like since yesterday, actually. Now, I've just come across the founder Vato of Ad Black Sea. He's also the founder of an agency, Windforce. So I'm going to go interrupt him and get him to talk to me. Let's see what happens here. He's a character. Very good night out on Thursday. Can I ask you questions? All right, I'm just being rude. He knows I'm coming. Sorry. All right, Vato. Come for a couple, two minutes walk. So, Ad Black Sea. Yeah. It's been around for seven Years, Mr. Couple, eight years, Mr. Couple. A couple of years for, for COVID reasons, but yeah. it, it was, it actually started in 2015. Yes. Now, why, why are you wearing sunglasses? I was just talking about Cha Cha. Is there any because connection? I, I'm trying to pretend everything's <laughs> normal. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how, how, how proud are you feeling today? It's the third day. How, how, what, how are you feeling? Actually, you know, the best indicator of that things are going well is that whenever people come and tell you that it's awesome. <laughs> and I feel that whenever that's happening, that's something, something going on is right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you've, you've put together a really good team. So I don't know how involved you are during the, the days and the nights here, but I feel like you've put together a really good team. You are the founder of Windfall's agency as well. How do you approach team building? Uh, you know, it's a quite hard question to like. Basically, whenever I feel that people are responsible and dedicated, and we feel kind of, a, you know, the chemistry of doing things together, uh, that immediately resonates and, and, and I feel that this is the right person to do. And I'm blessed to have these people together with me as soon as that, I don't know, it happens that it, in time and in certain sequence, these people are gathering, you know, and now we've got the team that I really trust them and really believe that they will do their best in every single aspect of their mm -hmm. responsibilities. Okay. Why, why do you, we've talked about this, so there's an assumption in my question, why do you think Georgia isn't better known overseas? And, and, and including in that question is another question, why do you think that 
the creative industries in Georgia aren't as well known as maybe they could be or should be or will be? They, uh, you know, my personal thing is that Georgia has a huge potential in the creative, in, in, in terms of the talent that there is and the dedication and the perspective of, you know, the vision of people who are working in this industry. I believe in this thing with all of myself, you know. But I'm not sure that this, the conversion is going on on the level that I would expect. But I believe that in certain, several years that it will definitely pull it out, you know. Yep. Yep. Certain things are, you know, in time they have to uh, cascade in a way that they, in, in certain timing, they they will happen. You know? But it takes time and maybe okay. years and maybe. So, so in, in, in a way, just starting. In a way, just starting. So, from what I understand, Ad Black Sea, part of it. Part of the reason that Black Sea exists is obviously to promote the region, to promote the creative people in the region, and also because some of the other international festivals are expensive to attend. That's sort of what's going on here, right? What is your ambition for at Black Sea? We, whenever, when we started this, uh, with this idea that uh, we believe that this festival could have been the regional and therefore global thing and I'm pretty much sure that uh, if we go on like this in several years we'll get somewhere that uh, will be impactful for the for the global perspective it's just like a starting point where we are right now but I, I, I trust that this is you know the creativity has no borders this has, has got this certain you know influence over particular place where this happens and it has got this coverage over bigger areas. Yeah. I believe that this festival can have a much more impact than it has right now. Yeah, perfect. There's such good energy here. Well, you've been a wonderful host. I, I really appreciate being here. I know you've brought a lot of people in from overseas, but I, I don't think any of the speakers have sort of brought an arrogant, foreign, slightly colonial vibe. I feel like you've assembled the speakers pretty well as well, and I feel like you know, just wanted to say thank you for, for having us here. Thank you so much. The, 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 the other way around, I want to thank you because of you being here. You are putting so much um, effort in, the, in, in building up this festival. And your presence, your influence, your impact is uh, priceless for, for, for my point of view because it really gives uh, the whole thing is to you know, run on a completely different level. The educational part, the thinking that the sharing of the knowledge, the sharing of the experiences, the perspectives that might be different from all, all whatever we've got here, and that makes us, you know, 
much richer, much more. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My hands are full. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk. Let's do an elbow bump. Let's do an elbow bump or something. Thank you. I'm gonna see you later tonight, at least during the awards ceremony. And I have a feeling you're gonna be wearing sunglasses all night and well into Sunday. I'll see you soon. But uh, congratulations. Thank you. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk around a bit. There's a lot of tension in this uh, region because of Russia. Okay, and I, I find it interesting to explore I've watched probably 30 40 50 hours of YouTube videos and there are actually a lot of Russian youtubers who've moved to Georgia because it's near Russia and a lot of them don't want to necessarily be associated with what's happening right now uh, and some of the videos that I've watched where they do interviews on the street you sort of see three categories of attitudes uh, especially with the younger Georgians as far as the Russians because a lot of Russians have come to Georgia sort of have I don't know if they've all fled some would have but others have just moved here and there's uh, a lot of uh, I'm not being political with this please don't kill me uh, but there's like a lot of Russian influence I believe in the government and obviously in the casinos and you can see it in the streets of Batumi they do call Batumi the Las Vegas of Georgia I don't think that is a useful or positive positioning I think they need to change it it is beautiful here it's, it's surprising in a way because I, it's surprising because I'm ignorant that's why it's surprising but there are a lot of casinos and uh, you turn a corner in a particular hotel and there are they, it's not like there are prostitutes lined up but you can tell there are people involved in uh, sorry I should call them sex workers I think that's more respectful delete 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 but there's there's definitely a, a vibe to the area north of here was an area I've forgotten the name that Russia took a few years ago. And they also nearly took Tbilisi or tried to take Tbilisi, which is the capital, and I hope I'm being accurate. And I believe one of the areas that's north of Batumi on the Black Sea was the seaside area that Georgians love to go. It's just below Sochi, which hosted the Winter Olympics. But going back to the, the categories of response or of feelings towards Russian, it seems to fall into these three categories. When the question, how do you feel about Russians moving to Georgia is asked. One is, just leave, straight up, just leave. I have a feeling that's quite a large group of people. There is another group of people who are like, it's okay, we understand, you know, if you're here and you are kind to us and share our values, you're welcome here. I feel like the biggest category, the biggest group is a mixture of those two, which is like, it's okay if you come and you support our economy, but please leave and we still remember when you didn't support us when Russia tried to take our country or parts of our country and it's just so so complex because I can't imagine having grown up in Russia and having all of those things happen in the name of my country and necessarily speaking out because people get arrested and killed and even in some of like the, the cool young YouTubers that do the interviews on the streets in Moscow, where one of them recently was going around, he's got a neck, ta neck, ta a neck tattoo with the word sex on it, super weird. Uh, well, the tattoo is on his neck, he doesn't have a tattoo on uh, a neck on his tattoo, a tattoo on his neck. I said that weird, so we've had a lot of talks and a lot of celebrations, and it's a bit loud. There are people here, and I'm just hoping this is coming through, so I'm a bit distracted, and sometimes my words come out strange. But yeah, there's, there's this guy who does these uh, on the interview street, on the street interviews in Moscow as well. And he, he was asking people, 
on video on YouTube. This guy, this video gets watched, his videos gets watched by hundreds or thousands of people. His videos get watched by hundreds of thousands of people. Mark, find your words, mate. He said, are you going to vote for Putin next year? Now, I don't know if it's because of that video, but recently, as in I think a week or two ago, he did post another video saying people are being arrested because they're talking to him. I was like, dude. So it's, it's really, really complicated. I, I don't, like, I don't want to not have an opinion about it. But what, how this connects to this festival is this is the first time that I've been trolled and had DM attacks uh, that are very political. And the reason is that the festival decided to not allow any Russians in and would not give refunds if people bought tickets. And so a lot of the speakers have been receiving DMs and various things. It's all the same language where it's like, do you support this particular policy? It's racist and, and so on and so forth. But it's just, it's hard. Humans, it's difficult because you, you sit and you talk with the Georgians. I mean, some of them grew up with their land being threatened tens of kilometers away or they know people whose land's being taken and so it's it's super super complicated from a safety point of view um hey how are you i'm i'm just recording something we're with a photographer here how's your experience been what's your name my name is edo yeah uh, i'm photographer here but uh, i have some startup and i'm working in digital too yeah uh, i want to show uh, I went to uh, your we're, opinion about we're being attacked. We're being attacked by table tables. We're being attacked again. What you want to know my opinion? I'm just recording something. What you you want uh, okay, my opinion on what? Maybe after. But okay. what's the question? Uh, I, I want to show you my uh, startup. Oh. I'm working in digital. Yeah. Well, uh, well, pitch the idea to us. What is what's the idea? Uh, make uh, some uh, actions in minimal time. Make and, some actions in minimal time. So it's a productivity. Uh, and. Uh, no, uh, I'm uh, taking care about uh, time of people, and I'm helping uh, companies to uh, make uh, some easy conversation with clients, uh, potential clients, uh, with uh, minimal time, okay. and make some trust about companies. Okay. We, you can, we can catch up later. You can send it to me. Yeah. They're happy to have um, a look. I can, uh, Just follow. Yeah. But let me. I'm. I'm literally recording a thing. Oh, you want to show uh, me right now? It's right here. Okay. Uh, yes. Can we do it quickly? Uh, can you, uh, oh, just, uh, looking at a thing on my phone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what happens. He's putting a thing on my phone. Uh, it's maybe an NFC tag. Uh, NFC. That's probably, I'm probably not set up for it. Let's do this later. Let's do this uh, okay. later. Okay. Because I'm literally recording something. Okay. But I'll be around. Okay. okay. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if that was. The, the best content, but it's, it's kind of cool. It's friendly, it's friendly. And I, I think what I've enjoyed about this festival, as, as well as Hacktown in Brazil, is that, to me at least, I don't know, it doesn't seem like there's like a lot of uh, hierarchy. Everything's pretty flat, people know each other. Even in the advertising and creative industries, I think people are aware that they compete with each other, but they're not necessarily competitive. You know, I, I, Australia to me is more alpha. The USA is obviously highly competitive. Everyone's fighting and scrapping over money at all times. And, the USA is definitely more hierarchical and I think you know for those of you who have not been to a festival in another country and this one's completely in English the Hacktown was not much in English because I think 8% of Brazilians speak English this one in Georgia is pretty much 100% in English and I do have mixed feelings about that because on the one hand I feel privileged and fortunate to be here I get to meet a lot of people but I don't know, there's like a, a, colonial is not necessarily the right word, but there's like colonial shadow, I think, when 
you know, the festival is set up in your language, but that's not the language, the, the indigenous language of the, of, of the country. But what I was going to say is try to get yourself to a festival like this. Oh my gosh, I, I'm going to introduce you to a guy who quit on stage really, really quickly. Lado, I'm just recording an interview. Oh, not an interview, I'm recording a podcast. Tell us a little bit about your, your background here, or introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background here, I'll ask you two or three questions. Sure. Uh, so, I'm a strategist. I've worked in Georgia in the advertising industry for 13 years, I guess. And uh, I just quit on stage yeah. on uh, your strategy therapy. Yeah. It was uh, quite a big shock for many people. It was spontaneous. Well, let's let's talk about it for for a second, for a second. So I was doing a session called strategy therapy. I bring people up to make the point that you're your main clients. And often we can spend ten or twenty years in this industry focusing on other brands, and some people neglect themselves. A lot of stuck his hand up. And by the way, you won the Sweathead. That was what was so funny about it. You won the Sweathead Premier League Fantasy League last year. And so I sent you a book and you had it. But you came up on stage and you've been working at JWC Metro here. And we, I ran you through some exercises based on my little framework called the four points. And where we started was, well, what's your issue right now? And you, you talked about not necessarily wanting to continue in the industry. So let's start there. Why? Well, I, I thought for a bit to lie and to, to come up with something different. But since it was a therapy and I tried to be honest, I said the main big thing that's on my mind right now. That's how to quit. Yeah. And so instead of arguing back with that, it's like, what well, we should run this session and try to work out how to keep you in. I was like, I, I think if you want to quit, if that's your goal, then we need to understand why you haven't quit. So that's where we started. And we went through problem insight advantage strategy and the insight that we were playing with is essentially that you feel or you acknowledge that perhaps you haven't been listening to yourself and that other voices have been speaking through you. Could you talk to me a little bit about that? What does that mean? Yeah, well, basically, maybe I was ignoring my own voice and my own desire and it, instead there were other people's voices telling me that you need a stable income, you need a status like a JWT Metro, creative director or head of strategy title and then without them I would be nothing. Right. Yeah. Okay, and then we talked about you know what makes you generally great and amazing, but also then specifically in this moment of this, this moment in time. My English is not working today, though. Oh my gosh, I am a bit distracted because there are a lot of drunk people around us, and it's like, what is it, like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. or something? Um, it's Georgian. Yeah, this country is it racist? No, I'm joking. Is it stereotypical to say this country tends to, seems to get on the drink and stay and stay on the drink? Ow. It's fair to say that that's a coping mechanism because the, our country has a lot of problems, so we, we tend to come up with many excuses for heavy drinking. I can see that. So when we go back to our little strategy session together, you were talking about, in the context of quitting, the fact that you've been starting some things recently, right? That's right. Actually, I, I just started my own podcast. Maybe you'd be a guest in, in bed sometime. Uh, so uh, I, I, I am 
trying to find my voice, trying to articulate my desires and my way of thinking. So on this journey, maybe amplifying that voice yep. was important. Yes, perfect. And I've, I've talked a lot about this on, on, on Sweathead. It always feels weird to say the word Sweathead. I don't know why I have that affliction <laughs> in my head. But it, it, this, a, a big part of the reason I, I started this was to connect in a deeper way to my own voice. Because I felt I had lost it since I stopped doing radio when I was 25 years old. And even then, did I really have a voice? I was interviewing other people. I was helping other people's voices. So podcasts, they, kinda, they can be like talk therapy. Yeah. And so I found it useful. But the way that we the way that we used that in the four points was basically in the context of quitting to acknowledge that you've been starting things, that you you are already on this journey, okay? And then where we got to with the strategy and when I'm using the four points with people, I think about the strategy. Could, we could write the strategy in the structure of show that X is Y. So show that quitting is something, 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 I don't know. Or we could write it almost like a sentence you might say to yourself, kind of like an affirmation. Mm -hmm. Do you remember where we landed? Yes, sure. Um, I won't forget it. It's, it's a mantra for me to keep repeating to myself that the, there is no going back. That was the, the strategy statement. Yeah, and so the way that I, I personally use mantras or affirmations like that is as soon as I start to feel a little bit of maybe it's self-doubt for me or something or I'm not expressing in a full way like I would like to and I'm still learning how to do that anyway is I'll say I'll use a mantra like that to myself so if you experience something like you know imposter syndrome imposter phenomenon which everybody has right now it's totally okay I'm not making fun of it you might say to yourself oh I can feel those voices happening and you know what that's just a sign that I care about this work so I'm going to do the work really really well so no going back was kind of the, the theme that we took out of it. What the hell happened between us talking about that and then you you took off your badge of the festival in like a symbolic way to signal that you were quitting your job and you said, Dear JWT Metro, I quit. What the hell happened? How did that happen? Uh, well, I guess just uh, I took action on, on that strategy right in the, the, the snap of the moment. I felt uh, that I had to act on it to show and to prove myself that there's no going back. So that's what I did. I, I have uh, previously planned to uh, talk to the people at the agency about me quitting, but I never found the moment. So I felt that this is a good moment. Um, I, I am sure that it, for some people it came out as uh, I don't know how to find the word maybe rude or impolite or but it was cool. Yeah, and also from what I understand, you're pretty well connected and you, you kind of know everyone as well. Now your wife was in the audience. She's an illustrator. She shared a photo, I think, of the moment maybe after this happened with the word no and tagged me. What was her reaction to you doing that? Mm, that's a tough question. I don't know if my wife will listen to this, but actually, well, I guess somehow deep inside me, one of the voices that kept me in this job is of her. So thinking about my family. So the, this is kind of her reaction as well to what will happen after that. Uh, 
Yeah, I, look, I, I, I relate to that. I probably won't. I don't think either of us want to go into, into detail and in different ways. And maybe I shouldn't have even just been quick by saying I relate to that. But I, I, I do because we. I don't know if people would get it because I, I'm in public a little bit, right? And in a small, in a very, very small way. And I think a lot of people might see that and go, oh, wow, that, that guy's really trying to do his thing in life and must really know what he's about. But I kind of lost myself for 15 or 20 years and I was happy doing my hip hop magazine. I feel privileged. I, I feel lucky having worked in advertising, but maybe I should have been writing novels the whole time. And, and I don't get lost in that rumination because I'm writing now. I'm all about the action. So I know what you're saying. I think I just made it a little bit more awkward as well. What's, final question, what's the next few months going to look like for you? Exciting for sure. Um, I, I had lots of people, uh, many, many people come to me after the talk and just uh, congratulate and say that it was very brave, very inspirational. I don't know how, how that happened. Uh, all I know is that the, the way forward with no going back is gonna be exciting, full of creative opportunities. Yeah, I mean, when it happened, I was like, was this planned? Was this staged? And then I thought to myself, hang on, dude, you're on stage and you invited him up. So then I was like, how did, did he, how did this, what happened? Because I think a lot of people thought it was a stunt. Sure. And it was staged, but it wasn't. I, I was shocked and then I was like, oh no. JWC is going to hate me. How do I feel about that? Oh gosh, so I apologize. But, like, final, final question. Did you plan to do that that day? Uh, okay. Um, well, what, uh, I, I've been following you and your talks and your work for many years, and I try to sit in front so that uh, I would listen well. So when you offered up a volunteer, I raised my hand. I didn't know what would happen next. You were the only person I could see as well because of the lighting from the stage. There were, I don't know, six, seven hundred people maybe, right? More? That's, I don't know. Up, up, up to a thousand, yeah. Maybe up to a thousand, yeah. You were the only person I could see anyway, and then you came up. I was like, oh my gosh. Awesome. Okay, you know what? Final, final, final question. If people want to follow, because it was very strategic. I think it was probably a very good thing for you to do because you had all your potential clients uh -huh. in the room. And I was like, damn. If people want to sort of follow along with your journey, are you in public at all, other than the podcast, and are you in public in English and on any platforms? Oh man, um, I've I've always been a more of a larker than 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 a as public speaker. I'm on Twitter. You can find me. I would say yep. X now. Whatever strange yeah. name. Uh, Lado Malazonia. Lado M is the handle. I'll try to be more active from now on. All right, elbow bump. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep walking. I will see you later tonight. We have the awards later tonight. Uh, thank you, Lado. Uh, there are so many people that I've spoken to. I feel like this could be like a five-hour episode. And uh, if you are listening along and enjoy this, anytime you DM me and say that or see me in person, like I kind of like that format, it's really meaningful because you probably heard me say this. I do a lot of stuff on the internet and it's a little bit surreal and I, you know, I see numbers but I don't always know what exactly is resonating with people. You know, like an Instagram post might resonate more than another Instagram post. A podcast might get a few extra hundred listeners but for me, a podcast is not getting a thousand listens and then another podcast is getting like a million listens. It's not like, you know, a YouTube variation. It's, uh, it's all quite similar. So, yeah, super strategic of Lado to do that. Uh, we, 
we had a lot of cameras pointing at us, so I'm going to find that footage and we'll work out how to put it up on at least my Instagram soon, just in, in case you're curious to find it. There are a couple other, oh, there are a lot of other people that I'd like to talk to you about, but I know that we're at, at about 40 minutes. We've got the award show tonight. Uh, I was chairperson of the impact jury, so we had a great strategy jury. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I really liked about the strategy jury, uh, and they're all from, from different countries, I think we definitely had Georgia represented, there was me, we had uh, Chirag from Dubai, we had people from, I believe, Azerbaijan, maybe Latvia, yep, yep, yep. I just loved how they didn't they set high standards, that's what I loved. They set high standards. And they had opinions and uh, one of the judges said, remember when we've won awards before, how difficult it was, we shouldn't make it easy. Which I totally relate to, but it was just kind of refreshing to, to hear that. The winner, I'll try to work out how to share this with you. There's a Grand Prix winner, I'm gonna tell you who it is. It's uh, a campaign from, oh boy, Azerbaijan, yes, Azerbaijan for a telephone company I believe called Azacel and the Azerbaijan Judo Federation. It's called White Suits or maybe White Suits Girls. And a lot of the ideas actually that we were judging dealt with the notion of nations. What is a nation? Because all these nations are under threat right now. They're all under threat. All the governments have been influenced and are aggressively influenced. And so a lot of the ideas dealt with nations, a lot of them dealt with gender and gender roles. And as someone who's not from the region, one of the things that I, I talked about a little bit or that I found difficult was, well, if you're creating a campaign about gender roles, what's the level of difficulty for that thinking in that country? Because it's just something as an outsider, you just, you, it's really hard to know. And so I just caught up very briefly with a gentleman called Orkan from Endorphin Agency in Azerbaijan and, and his agency came up with this idea and I, I was like, was it a proactive, not scam idea, but a proactive idea or how, how did it actually happen? Now, I'll tell you what the idea is and I'll give you a little bit more context because between us, even though I probably shouldn't post this before the ceremony, between us they're winning the Grand Prix and I think you're going to hear a lot about this campaign in, in the next year or two. What they did is they tried to solve or tried to point a finger at this issue of, uh, I guess, from memory, gosh, I hope I get this right. I'm nervous, we're gonna get things wrong. Uh, child marriage, like young girls getting married at a very young age. And so the white suits thing is essentially about white judo suits and trying to encourage the population to swap wedding dresses that are not necessarily literally swapped, but in their heads at least, swap the idea of a white wedding dress that a teenager might wear with starting judo. Super powerful. Uh, I believe they had about 2,000, 3,000 girls register with the Federation. And I, what I, what I want to find out a little bit more about is how, what's the connection with the phone company? I think some of the mechanisms of the campaign involved SMSs and, and texting, etc. Really, really, really powerful. And uh, I'll try to get a little bit more information about it, but that's, that's the one that's winning the Grand Prix between uh, you and me, between you and I.
I'm going to see what my mood's like later because I might actually record a, a second one. So look, I think this is one of these festivals that is worth actually thinking about coming to. So far it's been 100% in English. It's quite affordable. Batumi is really, really, it's quite, it's quite beautiful. They're fun, it's fun. It's, I was about to say they're fun people, that's just a weird thing to say. But it's been really, really fun. Everybody's up late and out late. I've had seven hours of jet lag, so I've, I have been falling asleep very, very late. But luckily the sun has not been up, but I found it hard to sleep before 5 or 6 a.m. But really, really energizing. So yeah, I think you should check it out. Add Black Sea. Like, in English, and I say this to them, I think Add Black Sea is a little bit of an awkward use of English, but really, really cool. Really, really cool. What else? I think we'll leave it there. We've got, I've got to present uh, the some strategy gold, some strategy awards in, in a few hours, and then there's going to be another big, big party. I've seen a couple of rap groups here. One was one I liked really quite a lot. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I've had, actually, I think there were rappers who are more in a crew than a group. Uh, there's a lot of like kind of what to me is very minimalist old school techno which not the biggest fan of Batumi Georgia not the biggest fan of uh, I did enter my session strategy therapy in a yellow raincoat which was part of the swag I put it on I was just like dude you do just do you today I put this yellow raincoat on and I played this song by a Brazilian funk guy the guy that I stood next to and heard at Hacktown I, I know his name is not nice. His name is MC Bin Laden. Uh, I think he was probably just a young kid when he came up with it to have antisocial vibes, which is, you know, I grew up around a little bit of hip hop and graffiti. That's antisocial, right? It's like a competition of who can be the most provocative. And I guess he was like, America's a pretty big thing to target. So I, I guess that's where that, where that came from. But I'm really into his music. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> he's not talking, I don't think he's talking politics at all but really into it and I played this song that just, it's crazy, it's crazy. What's it called? Tough? I've forgotten what it's called, but it's intense. And then we did the strategy therapy session and uh, been on a couple of panels, been interviewed a few times. We had Roy Sutherland join us for one of the panels from the UK, a lot of you would know him. Uh, there's amazing, amazing judges, so I don't know, is it greedy, is it thirsty to do another episode? I might need to. But in the meantime, check out Ad Black Sea. Come, I'm gonna come back if they let me or if they want me to, I'll try to come back at some point, maybe next year, maybe the year after. It is, it's really cool, it's really beautiful. If if you're, especially like in the US or something, it's it's affordable as well. It's, and that's for me right now living in New York, which is just, I'm so stressed, honestly, I'm just so stressed at how expensive it is. We've done it to ourselves, but now we have handcuffs, so that, yeah. <laughs> I'm waking up at 3, 4 a.m. a lot right now. Uh, it's all good, going to work, work through it, but I think you should come here and uh, the other stuff that we've got coming up, I'm doing a four-week accelerator in October. You can find out more about that at sweathead.com and we have Media media by Mothers, Maria Van Buskirk doing a comms planning masterclass this week, actually in a few days if you happen to listen to this as soon as it comes out, September 21, and to Hub Race is doing a masterclass in October and we have, again, if you listen to this in the first couple of days, we've got $100 off for our Do Together conference, it's $3.95, two days in November focusing on becoming or being irreplaceable. 
So if you're listening to this and you're from Georgia, honestly, thank you for being such incredible hosts. You have host skills that I don't have. <laughs> I mean, my head too much. I mean, my head too much. But it's, it's been a blast. And uh, to all the other speakers, none of whom will listen to this, I'm sure. And to the strategy jury panel, full respect. Thank you so much for being generous with your time, with your ideas, with your physical and non-physical affection. And by that, I mean hugs and just pats on the back, etc. I hope you're doing okay out there. I know it's a tough year. I'll see you again soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sweathead. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend, subscribe to our newsletter, find us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Sweathead. And if you're interested in finding out about our strategy memberships, company training or books, visit sweathead.com. Whoop, whoop.